ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋಧನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶ್ಯಾಂತಿಶ್ಯಾಂತಿ so we have begun this discussion on values because on the very first day we said that what is most important to us is happiness whatever we do we examine the purpose behind anything that we do or even don't avoid doing sometimes we do something sometimes we avoid doing something in any of these endeavors the ultimate purpose is to be happy we love happiness that is our nature meaning that we are born with love for happiness we don't have to create love for happiness we are born with love for happiness other people and other things become dear to us because they give us happiness so this being the case happiness is the most valuable and only valuable thing in our life it is true that wealth and power and fame are also valuable and i am not saying that they don't have value in our life they have value in our life and thus happiness and when is happiness as shruti just said when we enjoy harmony within ourselves when we have self acceptance self respect self worth when we are satisfied happy with ourselves when we respect our own self and because as we've been saying all the time we are basically a kind loving good person each one of us the kind loving good person therefore whenever we act with kindness goodness love compassion that behavior is in keeping with our true nature and that is why we like ourselves when we are kind when we are generous when we are loving and again we have pointed out earlier that this is how we like to be treated by others we want others to be kind to us or others to be loving to us we want them to forgive us not punish us if we made a mistake we want to be forgiven and not punished so these are the natural expectation we have from others 
and others also have similar expectations from us. Meaning the others also want us to be kind to them, loving to them. They want us to forgive them, not punish them. Just as we do not want to be punished, others also don't want to be punished. So there is a something very common between ourselves and all other beings. Is not only true for human beings. Even other people, other living beings, dogs and cats and others also want us to be kind to them. Even a dog wants us to be kind to them. A cat wants us to be kind to them. Even a mosquito, we don't know. But I'm sure that if we knew what mosquito wanted, I don't think a mosquito would want us to kill it. Mosquito also would want us to be kind to them. You may ask this, the Swami mosquito is not kind to us. Now how can mosquito expect us to be kind to them? How do you say mosquito is not kind? Oh Swamiji, mosquito is biting me, sucking my blood, causing pain to me. Understand that mosquito is not going to cause pain to you. Mosquito is simply getting its food from you, that's all. Every creature is born to survive. Nobody wants to die. And never every creature has been given an insight as to how to survive, where to get its food, how to protect itself. Every living being has been given this insight, you know. So mosquito, and I am told, maybe doctors know better than me, Usually it is a, a pregnant mosquito which wants the meal of blood, you know, that's what I understand. And therefore, a pregnant mosquito bites us because it needs blood. He's not biting us to punish us, to be cruel to us, to make us unhappy. It just does, it does what it is made to do, programmed to do, understand. Rest of the nature is programmed to behave in a certain way. Not that a dog bites you because it wants to punish you, unless there is something wrong. You know, otherwise, normally, they behave in the, what they think is natural way. We may not think so. We may not appreciate when the dog marks, that we may not appreciate. But for dog it is natural. Understand that everything other than human being acts in a natural way as programmed. Meaning they, they don't, don't want to punish us. Even a tiger attacks us, it's not for punishing us. Tiger is hungry, <laughs> wants his meal and looks upon us as their meal. And therefore, it does what it does. I'm not suggesting that we should come in the way of a tiger or you should stand in front of a tiger. That's not the point. The point is that when a tiger also has no cruelty in that sense that it deliberately wants to kill me and punish me. 
So that is how the whole nature is programmed to act in harmony with the rest of the nature. No element of nature violates the law of nature. All elements of nature, they never create disharmony in nature, they never pollute the nature, there is no global warming if nature is left to itself. We remember during this lockdown for months together, how human being was prevented from from hurting the nature. Human being was prevented from polluting the nature. You could see how nature bloomed and blossomed. How the waters of the river were clean, how things, you know, how the birds and all the creatures were free and enjoying themselves. If nature is left to itself, it will blossom, bloom, there will be nothing but heaven everywhere. Only human being has, unfortunately, we have cruelty, we have greed, we have jealousy, we retaliate, we want to punish. This kind of negative instincts are there only in human beings. And therefore, if anybody can do wrong action, what we call papa or sinful action, only human being can do that. But understand then, that if anybody can do punya karma, a virtuous action, only human being can do that also. So if sometimes left our own mind or nature, it is possible that our anger, our greed, our cruelty may control us and therefore we may do things which are against the nature, against the harmony, we may disturb the harmony of nature, of our society, of our family, of our mind. If we, if we function thoughtlessly, if we do not think about what we are doing, in Vedanta, this is what we call Viveka. Viveka means discrimination, discernment. That is, human beings, we are given intellect with which we can judge, we can discern. We can determine what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, what is helpful, what is hurtful. With the capacity to thus discern, discriminate, and make a choice. If you think in any given situation, assess the situation, judge the situation, then generally we will know what is right and what is wrong. What will help others and hurt others. We to help ourselves and hurt ourselves. We have the capacity to determine this. That is the capacity that human intellect has. And therefore, the teaching of Bhagavad Gita or Vedanta 
is to help us cultivate this faculty in our intellect so that we can do viveka we can discern science also teaches us the material science also teaches us as far as matter is concerned but vedanta teaches us what is right and wrong what is morally right and morally wrong ministry economics or science physics chemistry the morality doesn't come in there all, all the physical laws of the universe where is what is important for us for being happy we should know all that physical laws for being prosperous for prosperity for power fame for all these worldly gains all that education is necessary and we should have it we should also know that there is what we call a moral order not only there is a mechanical order you know the scientists taught us the newton taught us the basic laws of and then many other scientists taught so many laws there are laws which govern the physical phenomena there are laws that govern our mind govern ourselves govern our behavior the study of science does not include that for that we have to study bhagavad gita vedanta we study about what is the moral law what is the spiritual law just as when we function in the outer world we respect the laws of science we respect the law of gravity and never use stairs and don't jump we respect fire which burns and never keep a safe distance thus in our interaction with the world we respect the laws of nature science in making motor cars making all these regadies soil and things also we they are all based on the laws of science they don't require moral or spiritual law to come into play but this moral law or spiritual law has to come into play when it comes to happiness just as we will be punished if we violate the law of gravity and we'll fall down and break our bones so if we violate the law of science or law of nature then we are going to be punished don't respect fire then you can get burnt if you don't take into account all the other things and you know that includes medical science all science are included we respect all of them and we know that following the law is beneficial violating the law is punishable this we know similarly there are other laws called moral laws spiritual law which also govern our life and just as we take into account 
the mechanical laws are laws of matter. So, so in our life, we take into account the laws of self, laws of morality, laws of spirit. And that is what we are here to learn. And these things are, are quite simple. We are born with an understanding of this law. Even if you never studied Bhagavad Gita, you never studied anything, a person will be totally illiterate. And still, each one of us has a consciousness of this basic law. I told you earlier. We are all clear about what we expect from others. I just told you that we want them to be kind and compassionate and forgiving. I know that they want me also to be kind, compassionate, forgiving. This is fundamental law. That what we expect from others, similar thing is what others expect from us. What we do not want them to do to us, they do not want us to do to them. Simple thing. Just follow this. Do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. And reach out to others the way you want others to reach out to you. And we will automatically do that. Swamiji, how do I know whether I am following this law or not? When I interact with the world, when I am relating to people and situations, how do I know if I am following this fundamental law? of morality, of spirituality. For that we are given these values. Said, honesty is a value. Truthfulness is a value. Because we want others to be honest to us. We want others to be truthful to us. Even a dishonest man, even a thief also, does not want his things to be stolen, understand? If there are if two thieves are partners, they have committed a theft and hold up a lot of stuff from your home. When they divide, they make sure that other fellow does not get away with more than his share. Isn't it so? Meaning when thief also does not want his thing to be stolen. When a person who tells lies doesn't know other people to lie to him, so are you telling me truth? So even the problem, the amazing thing is that even when I am not able to follow the value, I want others to follow the value. That shows we have a basic love for that value. Never, as I said. How do we make sure that we are following the basic laws of life? So you talked about the moral law, spiritual law. How do we know that our behavior is keeping with those laws? That's why we get this value. Just be honest. Be truthful. Be kind. 
be generous, be forgiving. You follow these values, we are automatically following the fundamental laws of spirit, moral law, spiritual law. So, unfortunately, we all know what honesty is. Nobody has to teach us. Basically, we know. We may sometimes have a question. Yeah, possible. Sometimes in a given situation, it may be difficult to decide what is honesty and what is not honesty. It's possible. Sometimes what is truth is not very clear. Possible. In that case, we can always seek the advice. We always have the freedom to seek advice. Even Upanishad says that whenever you have doubt in a given situation, as to how to function, what decision to make, how to function, what to do, then go to wise people who are honest and generous, who have no agenda, who are well wishes, go to them and seek their advice. So we always have the resources available in terms of our scriptures like Bhagavad Gita and others, like wise people or, or learned people. We always, that for learning is very important in our culture, in all cultures. You, heard the word, you know the word guru, guru means a teacher. Word guru is made up of two letters, gu and ru. Gu represents darkness of ignorance, and ru stands for light of knowledge. In the word guru, letter gu denotes darkness of igno or ignorance, letter ru denotes light or knowledge. Therefore, who gives us the light of knowledge and removes the darkness of ignorance is called Guru. So all your teachers are Gurus, teacher of physics or chemistry or any of those are all Gurus because they all are giving us knowledge and remove ignorance. And then we come to the spiritual Guru who removes the spiritual ignorance and gives us the knowledge of the spirit, a self or God or morality or laws. Therefore, in our tradition, I think in all traditions, gurus enjoy a very important place because we look up to them for giving us insight, giving us guidance. So coming back, That we either know ourselves what is the right thing in given situation. In case we have a question of what is right and not right, we always have freedom to consult or seek advice of the learned people. But it is best that in every situation we act with a clarity of what is the right value. Let us talk of one value today. Satyam or truthfulness, you know, 
satyam or truthfulness is one of the most important values you have seen the indian currency there is a a sanskrit statement there have you seen that in our currency notes have you have you seen a currency note and made a note of what it says something there anybody I don't have currency note handy. Unfortunately, I have not shown you. That's what it says. Oh, look at that. Our currency notes. This is a statement that comes from Upanishads. A text from Mundaka Upanishad. It's it's part of Veda. So Veda also satyam or truthfulness is given a prime importance. The statement of the currency notes satyam eva jayate. Jayate means wins. Satyam means truthfulness. Truthfulness alone wins. Truthfulness alone wins. Honesty wins. And then. in a battle between the truth and untruth look like sometimes untruth is triumphing you know the battle of mahabharata went on for 18 days the pandavas they represent truth dharma and lord krishna is on side of pandavas they represent what dharma truthfulness the duryodhana is leader who stands for dharma he has violated all the rules of dharma who duryodhana so this we can say that this is a conflict between pandavas and kauravas the leader of pandavas is yudhishthira yudhishthira is son of dharma it's called dharma raja So Pandavas led by Yudhishthira stand for dharma, righteousness, truthfulness. And you know they had to suffer a lot. Pandavas were in exile for twelve years plus one more year of incognito, and they had to suffer a lot. And Duryodhana enjoyed the kingdom in all luxuries during that time. So looks like dharma satya has to suffer. In Ramayana also, Lord Rama had to spend fourteen years in forest, which is a very difficult life of heat and cold and rain and fourteen years of suffering. so our scriptures seem to say that truth and dharma or honesty suffers and ravana seems to enjoy the power and prosperity duryodhana seems to enjoy power and prosperity 
Ultimately, Satyameva Jayate, ultimately the conflict between Dharma and Dharma, Satya and Satya. Satyameva Jayate, Satya, the truthfulness, righteousness alone wins. That's what the scriptures say. But we have to discover this in our life. Upanishad says, Vedas say that truthfulness alone wins in life. Now very often the conflict between Pandavas and Kauravas or between Lord Rama and Ravana is symbolize the conflicts in our life also. Those who are ready to truth or honesty have to struggle a lot. Because there are forces around. You will also say to me, Swamiji, how to function in this world? So difficult to be honest. We are all covered by people who are dishonest all along. It's an uphill battle. It is. But they say, more the challenges are, more you grow. You know, John Kennedy must have heard the name of the President of the United States one time, one time. His father used to say, when the going gets tough, the tough get tougher. When the going gets tough, the tough get tougher. Meaning that when situation becomes difficult, you become stronger. So understand that the real strength is a moral strength. What carries you in the face of all the difficulties in life? Those difficult challenges may be in different places. Challenges are in the workplace, in the marketplace, at home, family, everywhere challenges could be there. Emotional challenges can be there. So life is full of challenges. And that is good. Only when challenges are there, then we can grow. You follow? If everything is smooth, then we will never grow. Our Puja Swamiji, Bada Swamiji used to say, that if you have to sharpen your knife, you require a rough grinding stone. Have you seen the sharpening of knife? You may not have seen when we were growing up. That fellow would come with his grinding wheel, he would come to our home, he would go from home to home. And then mother would bring out the knife and things that need to be sharpened. For sharpening the knife, you require a grinding or rough grinding stone. That's when a knife becomes sharp. A smooth grinding stone, nothing will happen. Similarly, life is like rough grinding stone. That doesn't mean it's a punishment. That doesn't mean there is anything wrong in it. It is meant that way. 
Because the purpose of life is to grow. What do you mean so many grow? One is the physical growth, physiological growth. Which you follow the laws of nature, it will take care. Even physical well-being is important. The second is, growth is the moral growth. The growth in my inner strength, inner confidence, They say self-confidence, self-worth, self-acceptance. It's called inner strength, inner courage. One is muscular strength, other is the moral or spiritual strength. So this conflict between the Pandavas and Kauravas also indicates that I think I told you the story of both Arjuna and Duryodhana approaching Lord Krishna for help before the battle of Mahabharata. Lord Krishna gave them a choice. On one side I'll be there without, I will not hold any weapons, I will not fight the battle. On the other side will be my army fully equipped. Arjuna chose Lord Krishna. Duryodhana chose the army. So these choices are always there. Duryodhana represents the muscular strength, the greed, the aggressiveness. That's what Duryodhana stands for. We find all these forces around us. Not that you should not also fight with greed. So you have to you also have to have muscular strength, no doubt about that. But ultimately what we need is that inner moral strength. Because you say, the battle of Mahabharata took place, took 18 days and so many ups and downs. Ultimately the Pandavas won, Satyameva Jayate, the, the truthfulness Dharma won. The Ramayana battle went on for so long. It was a long time for Lord Rama to overcome Ravana. Ultimately, Rama won. Satyameva Jayate. So this is what the scriptures tell us. But we have to discover this in our own life. In small experiments. Don't plunge the big fights, but take small, then make small experiments. But there is nothing much to lose. You, know, you hold on to honesty and see what happens ultimately. Hold on to truthfulness and see what happens. Ultimately, you find that that's what means. If that becomes my experience, Important thing is, the scriptures may teach us whatever they teach. The gurus may tell us whatever they tell, the parents tell us, the teachers tell us, all of them tell us all these things. But unless my heart tells me, it doesn't come to use to me. 
meaning that this will become my knowledge. So the value is called value because it's valuable to us. If I discover that this honesty is valuable to me, truthfulness is valuable to me, then only I will have the courage to stand against my greed, against my other impulses and hold on to that. So if truth is valuable, the simple meaning of truth is speaking truth. We can start with that. Speaking truth, satyam. Understand that speaking truth does not mean that I have to speak all the time It is not obligatory that I must speak. I must speak the truth in a given situation. That is not obligatory. I don't have to. But choose to speak. Whether speak or not is my choice. You follow? They don't say you should speak. What I said is, if you choose to speak, then make sure that you speak truth. You need not speak. Satyam Bruyat. You must speak the truth if you choose to speak. Then that rule says Satyam Bruyat, Priyam Bruyat. Speak the truth all right, but as best as you can, speak in a pleasant manner. Speak the truth in a manner that does not hurt the other person. Our commitment to truth is good. But our commitment also should be to non-violence. Truth should not become violent. You must remember Mahatma Gandhi. From Satya was the goal. And ahimsa was a means. Practice the truth in a non-violent way. Meaning that I have a commitment for truth. But I will not be violent in speaking truth. That's what Lord Krishna says. That's the scripture says. Satyam bruyat, priyam bruyat. If you choose to speak truth, then speak in a pleasant manner, in a manner that does not hurt the other person. Because sometimes we speak truth all right. We may be harsh. We may not be sensitive to the feelings of other people. And therefore, even when we speak truth, often we wind up the feeling, hurting feelings of others. You can say, I spoke truth, what can I do? You're right that you spoke truth. What can I do? What you can do is speaking the truth in a manner that does not hurt the feelings of others. But Swami, that is very difficult. Truth always hurts. Truth is always bitter, they say. 
So your truth is always bitter. So it always hurts. Not necessarily. Truth is not bitter. But sometimes bitterness is in ourselves. Sometimes bitterness is in our own mind. And that bitterness gets an opportunity to express itself in the excuse of truth or guise of truth. Meaning that sometimes we use speaking truth as a weapon, you know. What you say is right. Swami, I tell them on their face. Some people have pride themselves. Always speak truth and tell them on their face. But then truth is supposed to serve a purpose. It's to bring about a good, overall good. If truth hurts, then it doesn't serve the purpose. So you should speak only if you think that speaking is necessary. And then choose to speak truth, provided it, is, it serves a purpose. Speaking truth is not necessary if it does not serve a purpose. Serves a purpose. What is the purpose? It benefits somebody. Truth should be beneficial. Bhagavad Gita is a beautiful verse in 17th chapter. Lord Krishna says, we should have walked up a penance. is the speech of and the level of speech. Call it penance, austerity, tapas, and the level of speech. So how does Lord Krishna prescribe when we communicate with others? What should we keep in mind? Lord Krishna says, Anudvega Karam Vakyam. Your vakyam, your statements, your word, make sure that they do not hurt the feelings of others, first thing. Because when you hurt the feelings of others, it's violence, it's against the law, against the law of moral, law of self. Then secondly, the Lord says, Satyam, make sure that your words do not hurt the feelings of others. And secondly, that your words or sentry statements are truthful. Anudvegaram Vakyam Satyam. The Lord Krishna Priyam. That not only what you say is truthful, but should be spoken in a pleasant manner. Now that will require you to think. You know that something is truth, but if I say it in one way, it's going to hurt somebody. My friend may not like it. My friend may get hurt. Who will it? My friend is there, mother is there, father is there, brother is there, man, whatever. May get hurt. Then before speaking, I must think, how can I express myself so that on one hand I speak truth all right, at the same time I do not hurt the feeling of others. How can I do that? It's a challenge. 
That's a Viveka. Viveka means discernment. Before doing anything, we must have the Viveka discrimination. Our intellect must always think what is right and what is proper. For that, this rule is given. They speak truth in a pleasant manner so that it does not hurt the sentiment of other people. And then also one more thing Lord Krishna says, Hitam, truth also should be spoken only if it serves a good purpose. Just because it is truth doesn't mean it has to be spoken. Even truth also should be spoken, Hitam, if it is beneficial. So Lord Krishna gives us the guidelines. Because as human beings, our communication is mostly at the level of speech. That's where we communicate. That's the privilege that we enjoy. Other creatures are not given the gift of speech, understand? Human being is only given the gift of speech. And speech is a great gift through which we can express ourselves our understanding, our ideas, our feelings, our intentions, we can express, communicate. So speech can be an instrument of bringing our great good benefit if properly used. And if not properly used, speech can bring about all the damage also. Speech has both these possibilities. It can bring our love, kindness, goodness, growth. Or speech also can bring about a lot of hurt and destruction. Examples of speech are found in our Puranas, our scriptures. It is said, that once the Pandava leader Yudhishthira organized a great yajna called Rajasu Yajna in which all kings were invited. Duryodhana also was invited. For that special occasion, an architect whose name was Mayadhanava had created a great palace. It was so wonderful that the floors were so shining that what was solid uh, floor would look like water, it was, you know. And the water pools, the water was so calm that it would look like floor. This was the creation of the architect. Now Pandavas are sitting along with Draupadi. And Duryodhana is coming. Poor Duryodhana got confused. For a solid floor, he thought it was water. So he, he lifted his, you know, clothes and was walking as though he's walking in water. When real water came, he mistook it to be the solid floor and started walking and fell down. 
So everybody then, everybody was watching and Draupadi made a remark. Hey, it is very clear whose son you are. So Duryodhana's father was Dhritarashtra, was born blind. Meaning Draupadi taunted him that you are son of blind. You can't see what is obvious. So, you know, this was very hurtful. It may be a truthful statement, but very hurtful. And that is a seed of all the Mahabharata battle, all the conflicts. So, words can be great blessing. Words can be great curse. Words can be a great benefit. They can bring about a great damage. Therefore, the value of speaking truth. And the speech which is truthful and also wisely used will be very beneficial. So we should speak only when it is beneficial, not otherwise. That will give us a lot of discipline. Swamiji, if I keep all of this in mind that my words will be truthful, should be pleasant, should not hurt the feeling of others, should be beneficial, nothing to speak, Swamiji, that's good, keep quiet. Because a lot of energy is wasted in the speaking. Now what do I do with my speech? Lord Krishna says, recite Bhagavad Gita, recite God's name, recite something else. Use it well. Anyway, so this morning we discussed a very simple value. <laughs> Satyam, which means speaking truth. And that is because speaking is most common thing that we do. With speech we communicate with all the people around us. And every time we speak there is a challenge. Am I speaking truth or not? Why do I tell a lie? Because I want to hide something. I'm afraid. If I tell the truth, I'll be exposed. If I have to hide something, I tell a lie. Sometimes, in telling the truth, I may lose something. So, children are fighting. This is mine and that fellow says, this is mine and why Who's, who does it belong to? If I tell the truth, then though it is his, then I have to give it up. So I say, no, it's mine. Sometimes telling the truth also means that we have to let go something, give up something, lose something. Speaking truth is not easy. It may involve some pain. But if you are willing to put up with that pain, then we grow. You know, even when you do exercise, it is painful, is it not? You can't sit and do exercise. You have to exert your muscles, is it not so? Exerting muscles, sit-ups and pull-ups and it's quite strenuous. People do it willingly because that pain brings about growth, is it not so? Similarly, pain that is involved in following his moral values brings our growth, strength, inner strength. That's called growth. 
Therefore, our life is meant as a process of growth. Outer growth also, with our body and our, you know, wealth, etc. But at the same time, inner growth. If your inner, if your inner strength, you will be able to enjoy what all you have. That inner strength is not there, we cannot enjoy, cannot enjoy what we have. We must have value for becoming inwardly strong. And life gives us all the opportunity. Just have a commitment of speaking truth. One thing. Lots of challenges will be there from your own self. See how it works? I'm not saying speak truth. I'm saying that if you choose to speak, then speak truth. You can always keep quiet. You may not be able to speak truth all the time. I'm not saying that you... But then, try and see. It's not easy. It's a challenge. But we'll slowly be able to take that challenge. And just grow in our inner strength and courage. So with that, we'll conclude this morning. And uh, again, meet you next Sunday. Any quick question anybody has? Yes, Swamiji. Yeah. I'm having a question. Go ahead. Uh, we, had, we had a topic that uh, we should say the truth in a way, in a manner that the opposite person does not feel bad. Mm. But what, what if we say the truth in a way which is not bad, but the other person takes it in a bad way, in an other manner? It is likely. Sometimes we intended something good and it has a different result, it is quite likely. So we learn from that. Suppose you had a good intention of saying something uh, that should help other person, other person took it in a different way, it is likely. All we can do is to learn from that. Alright, I learned that. Maybe with this person, I should find a different way of communicating. You follow? So we may make mistakes. It's likely that we may make a mistake in understanding other person. And even though you did not intend to hurt the feelings, they may get hurt. But that will make us more sensitive. Okay, I must now understand that this thing hurts the other person. Let us be careful. So, yes, you are right, it can happen. But we use that occasion for learning, becoming more careful, becoming more sensitive. You follow? Because the uh, human mind is very complex. We generally judge others based on our own understanding. We look at others as we are. That's our first attempt. I assume that other person is like me only. And that's how I generally act. We find that often that is not the case. So then we become wiser. Alright, this also can be there, this also can be there, this also can be there. So experiences make us wiser. We can make mistakes and learn from the mistakes. You follow?
That's how we'll grow in our understanding and sensitivity. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om